This is the EWN Podcast Network. Everybody wants to win. It's how we define success in life. Michelle Nagel explores resilience, teaches you happiness hacks, and provides tools for building positive relationships, all of which are essential for winning at the game of life. Join us to learn how to roar. Hi, this is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win, and welcome for another episode. Today we have a really, really wonderful expert on pets, and we all have, well, most of us do anyway, have someone that we love that has four legs or, or perhaps less, but um, it's really, really important that we take time to learn how to communicate with others, including our pets. And our expert today is Val Hart. And so have you ever wondered what your pet is thinking and wish they would let you know when they have something wrong with them? Or wonder if it's true that some people actually can talk with their animals? If you said yes, you're in for a treat. My guest today is Val Hart. Val is known as the real life Dr. Doolittle. She's a leading annual animal communication expert and animal communicator to the stars. She's the best-selling author of several books, including Don't Screw Up Your Dog, and has been a featured expert on ABC, NBC, and Fox News, as well as in People Magazine, My San Antonio, and Great Day San Antonio. She's an instrument for the healing of the world through the animals. Val is the founder of the Heart School of Animal Communication, a five-step program for solving problems with pets. Val also specializes in helping show horses improve performance, health, and well-being. Her work includes intuitive medical scanning, quantum leap therapies, and body talk healing for animals and people to transform health, behavior, and wellness. So welcome, Val. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. So, so how did you get involved with animals <laughs> you know, I've loved animals my whole life, um, and I, I'm just—I'm kind of thinking maybe your audience is going, "Why is we listening to an animal communicator today?" <laughs> well, I'm here to tell you that they roar too. Uh, they teach us about resilience and optimism and all the other things that are so incredible and so important um, because animals share love with us. They help us be the best version of ourselves. Um, they help us heal, evolve, and grow. And in my world, they become they help us become awakened, which is real important. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. That's that's really great. You're right um, because we do talk about roar, which is resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. And I had asked her before we started uh, the program which one of these she felt our pets. Um, actually blended well with and your answer was all of them so I'm really interested in exploring that and um, you have uh, how did you get called the real Dr. Doolittle where did that come from well, I didn't make that up all by myself. <laughs> um, I started working with animals and my gifts started exploding and just things started and evolving. And I started being called to help people with their animals. I was working with show horses. Uh, it's actually how I got my start. Well, actually how I got my start was with my two cats. Um, I'll tell you more about that in a moment. Uh, by working with uh, our cats, I was working with show horses, uh, dogs, show dogs, 
um, you name it. I started working with them. And then the media started hearing about this um, and they started sending out news reporters to, you know, film me working with animals and, you know, put me on the news. And they started calling me the real Dr. Doolittle. So, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. And that's actually where that came from. Um, and I, it kind of stuck. <laughs> it was a long time ago. That was in 93 and 94. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I've been around the block a few a few times. Well, that's really wonderful. When you've got the media that that brands you, that's really pretty amazing. So, yeah, that's wonderful. Um, so, you said that uh, you have mentioned that animals saved your life, and isn't that a little bit extreme? Can you let us let us in on what does that mean exactly? I, I love it, and you might think it's extreme, but I don't think so. Um, when I was growing up, I was a highly sensitive child, um, highly intuitive and empathic. And you know, in, in my world, I was, an, I was also an only child living in rural, it's a hard word to say, rural, <laughs> um, outside Austin, Texas by overlooking Lake Travis, which is a beautiful, beautiful place to grow up. But there were only five homes or five families on the entire lake when I was growing up. Um, you know, and so there, and there weren't any other children my age anywhere close. Um, so our animals, I, we had dogs and cats, we had birds, I had guinea pigs and white mice. And um, what else? Uh, there, were, there were animals everywhere, you know. Um, my dad had chickens, we had pigs growing up, we even had goats at one point, um, you know, and, and I was really known for being able to befriend the wild animals, um, you know, the, um, it, it was just, it was just that I, I understood them, we had a connection, I, I could hear their thoughts, I, I knew how they felt, um, and we could communicate, and thank God for it, Michelle, because as I grew older and the more confused I got with society and, you know, the truths that I intuited about others and how that they would lie about things, not tell the truth, you know, throw up distractions and, um, lie, <laughs> just flat out lie. Um, it made me a bit crazy. And by the time I was 12 and 13 years old, um, I was not, I was becoming manically depressed. Mm. By the time I was 15, I was suicidal. Um, I had created my exit plan and was actively working it. Mm -hmm. So what, so as a teenager, you know, every night I would wait until my parents went to bed I would sneak out of the house, go across the street over to the stable where I had my horse, and I would throw my arms around her neck, um, and I would sob and cry into her big, thick black mane and look in her big, beautiful brown eyes and just pour my heart out to her. And when I would ease up a little bit, I would hear her sweet, gentle, kind voice in my, in my head, and she would say, child, what's wrong mm. you know and I would and I would tell her and she would come back with me and she would say well you know um, maybe you're not thinking about this or she'd give me a pearl of wisdom or she would even make me laugh mm -hmm. you know, and every day I would get through another day and it would every day she helped me hang on by a thread 
um, she would teach me how to how to be with the boys. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, when, when I had a, a problem at school, she would help me with that. I was um, very active tomboy um, and almost died many times in various accidents. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's partly why I say that, Michelle. It's like without that anchor of my horses, I had a we had a, a filly, we had dogs, I had cats, you know, uh, like I told you, all, all kinds of animals. Um, without them in my life, I don't think I would still be here. You know, yeah. they, yeah, they really helped me become the person I am today. Yes, I understand that. Um, I, when I asked you if it was a little extreme, I was not trying to be difficult because um, I have a similar story. Um, I grew up in an extremely abusive household and uh, we had cattle and I would go out and I would just sit with them while they were eating and they would, you know, their comforting moos as they always seemed to know when I was, when I was pouring my heart out to them, they always seemed to know when to moo at the right spot. And it was, it was really wonderful, the communication that I had with them. So I truly understand your, um, your, experience that the animals saved your life. I understand that from a, a deep heartfelt level. So, um, so your goal is to be an instrument to healing the world through animals. Can you tell us about that, please? Yes, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah, my, my, I got a vision a number of years ago. I just, one day I was meditating and I just downloaded a vision of my purpose, what I'm here to do. And what I saw was reaching and teaching one million animal lovers around the world. Wow. And the importance of that is when we have one million awakened animal lovers who understand how intelligent, how mm -hmm. feeling, how wise animals really are, then together we can change the world. Uh, we truly can. And, you know, and, and I'm also, I was, I, I say sometimes, you know, my work is dedicated to um, saving one animal lover at a time, you know, and, and it does, it takes, it's not just a, the masses somehow, it's that every individual, when we awaken, when we grow our intuitive abilities, when we resonate with oneness, with the creatures that share our planet, mm -hmm. you know, and I call animals, you know, they're uh, God's gifts on loan to us, <laughs> for one thing. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, but they're also angels, teachers, guides, and healers. Um, and, and when we learn to recognize and respect and revere them for who they truly are, they make us better people. And God knows we need to be the best version of ourselves right now. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Um, just waking up in the morning and seeing the things that come across the, the news is kind of terrifying. So um, many of our listeners are entrepreneurs or work in companies. And how does having pets impact a person's work performance? Oh, I love that. It's so insightful that you would ask that. Because um, we often don't put the two and two together, right? I mean, yeah. I run my own highly successful company teaching people, you know, helping people who are struggling with their animals. Mm -hmm. um, and as a highly sensitive empath, um, there are days when it is really difficult. Uh, it's, you know, being a good CEO, a good leader of my company, you know, uh, managing my team. I have eight people that work with me. Um, 
you know, th there's a lot to it. There are stresses, there are day-to-day -day challenges, there's, you know, the marketing and the, um, the presentations and the exposure and the, you know, in, in all of that. There's, you know, you know what it's like to run a business. Mm -hmm. Um, it's hard. <laughs> That's why, what is it, something like 90% of all new businesses go out of the business within the first few years, something like right. that? Yes. Well, well so, so here's a connection you may not have thought of, which is animals can help you be a much better CEO, leader, employee, worker, um, help you find more value in your career, help you um, build better relationships, help teach you how to better communicate with each other. You know, dogs are brilliant. And uh, you have a whole class I can teach on how dogs teach us about leadership. Mm -hmm. You know, horses and their herds, they have their own unique structure, um, but they are brilliant uh, leaders and followers. They all have roles to play. Mm -hmm. You know, cats, <laughs> you may not know this about cats. Um, cats are highly sensitive to energy, uh, mm -hmm. to emotions, to um, extrasensory phenomenon, right? So right. if being attacked emotionally or energetically if you've got emotional discordance going on in you your cat is going to tell you about it they do not like that they're gonna uh, help try to help you um, recover your balance you know and your power mm -hmm. um, so there's so much we can learn from the animals um, yeah I, one of the things I was I was doing some research earlier and you know, it, there is, there's scientific proof. Animals actually help people perform better at work, and it's partly due to the love factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, about, yeah, business and, you know, love factor may not be in your mission statement. Oh, but, <laughs> but it, it ought to be. <laughs> it totally should be. Um, loving animals and including them in your life also means including them in your business. Mm -hmm. So let's think about it. They help us with love. Mm-hmm. They help us with stress and help us to relieve our stress, hopefully, uh, not add to it. Um, they help us with connection, uh -huh. mental, emotional, physical, right, spiritual, all those types of connections at deep levels. They give us insights and intuitive guidance. Mm -hmm. You know, that's hugely important, I think, for every entrepreneur for every business owner, for everyone who's out trying to make a difference in the world, being able to tune into your heart, right, open your third eye, connect, um, and receive that guidance, critically important, and animals are part of that. Um, they teach us wonderful lessons uh, in so many different ways, I, like how to build and maintain a cohesive, brilliant support team. Right? And how would they do that? Uh, and like how to hire the right person. What's their insight? Before you hire someone, talk huh? to your pet. <laughs> they know things you don't know. Yeah, I, that's true. They do. Do they need to um, be present at the time of the interview or can they help you afterwards? Uh, both. Okay. Totally. Both. I love that. They also help us with life-work balance um, and, of course, communication levels. So really huge. All right, so let's talk about dogs and what they can teach us about leadership. Yeah? Okay. Okay, good. So when we are struggling with authority figures in our lives, mm -hmm. say politicians, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> um, any sort of authority figure, whether it's your boss or, you know, I know I'm my own boss and I can be pretty hard on myself at times. Um, but, you know, uh, any of that kind of stuff. Or if you're struggling to be the authority for others. Oh, interesting. That's another way to look at this. So learning how to be a good leader can be critical to your success. Okay. Um, if, if your company's top leader management aren't good leaders, then how it's going to show up is that the employees may be more inclined to steal or commit fraud or get away from things, act badly, not show up for work, or they're going to be so unhappy, they're going to leave and go find a, a place they like working better. Mm -hmm. right? So there's turnover to consider. If the relationship you're in is suffering in some way, then the chances or chances are there's a leadership problem there. Mm -hmm. One of you know, it's like only one person leads at a time. There are different roles in a healthy organization or pack or herd or colony or pride or whatever you want to call it, right? Right. Um, so, and, and you can uh, trade that back and forth. I mean, the herds and packs with dogs, uh, they do. Uh, they, they have different roles. They play with each other different ways. But it's always clear in every interaction who leads who. Who are we listening to, right? Mm -hmm. um, and just a real fun little tip. With horses, it's usually a mare. It's not always the stallion, uh -huh. <laughs> right? So, um, so whether it's a personal relationship with family or friends or spouse or significant others or a business relationship with clients who you're attracting, your customers, the boss or the fellow employees, in every relationship, you're either leading or you're following. Right. And if you're not clear about that role and you don't resonate in alignment with it or in the whole team matrix is out of alignment, then you've got problems and it's going to show up as breakdowns, crises, um, where people aren't clear. You're not clear. Right. They, uh, the human animal body mind connection. I think, um, uh, have you heard of that before? Yes, I have. Okay, great. The concept is, is that animals reflect us, they act, us, act out our inner wounds, our stressors, our lack of clarity, our confusion, our illnesses, our dis-ease. Mm -hmm. um, they act it out, they mirror it, they carry it for us, and the reason they do that is to try to help us with it. Yeah, that's why you end up with an aggressive dog when you're feeling aggressive. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, you got it. And so in the workplace... If you got something going on like that, it can show up in very interesting ways too, right? Mm -hmm. so, yeah. So if something like that's happening around you, pay attention. Um, let's see. Uh, you trade role. All pack roles are important. You can trade hats when it's appropriate, as long as you understand the rules of the game and you're clear about which hat you're choosing to wear and why. Mm -hmm. right? And everyone's in alignment. So um, let's see. When I get overwhelmed, and I know you probably never feel overwhelmed. Oh, um, never, of course. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm talking to myself. <laughs> um, but when we get overwhelmed, um, often if we don't uh, notice it, take a break, regroup, reconnect, and if, if, it's a, if it's just as simple as reconnecting with your animal, mm -hmm. right, and talking through a problem with your animal, um, and listening for their advice, their guidance. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, it, that could be the difference between losing a day or a week to some crisis management, something that's, you know, tearing you apart mm -hmm. versus getting right back in the saddle and keep going in the right direction with excellent results. You know, yeah. Yeah. Um, that little short break with a reconnection piece. So important. Um, yeah. Go ahead. I have, I have a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel and uh, she has uh, a natural inclination to be, um, well, she was going to be a service dog, but um, she has a bit of difficulty staying focused when there's a bird in the vicinity. So she kind of failed out of uh, that school, <laughs> but she's, she still has such a great heart and we would have, uh, there were two gentlemen that used to come visit us, and they were both veterans of World War II, so they were older gentlemen, and they were great. They would come for a visit, and my dog would stand, uh, we had two chairs that were sitting side by side, and the guys would sit in the chairs, and she would stand in front of them, and she'd look at them, and she'd look at the one, and then she'd look at the other, and then she'd look at the one, and she'd look at the other, and then she'd decide which lap she was going to jump into. And she invariably always chose the lap of the gentleman who didn't have an animal. The other guy had a dog, but he didn't have an animal. And um, she invariably chose to sit in his lap. And I could just watch him just kind of meld into the chair. And he always felt better after leaving from visiting with us. Of course, he thought the reason was because we had such a great visit, it was, but the dog had a lot to do with it too. <laughs> he didn't realize he was visiting subconsciously with her. No, he didn't. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, that's part of the thing about animals being healers. I remember um, my ex-husband and I, uh, we ran uh, a company for years and years, a long time. And my husband was a bit of a, uh, temperamental sort, I'll just say. Um, you know, and he would come home and he'd be romping and stomping and slamming things and, you know, and he'd disappear off into the other room and, and I'm like, what do we do with this? You know, and I'd ask the cats and I would say, you know, Tuffy Tiger, Peach, would y'all go check on him and let me know what you think is going on? You know, what, mm -hmm. what is well, is there anything I can do to help or should I just butt out and let him sort it out? No. And, and they would go in, they, they literally, they would go, okay. And then tropple off, you know, oh, back into the room and, you know, and one of them would jump in his lap and the other one would, you know, whatever. And in a little bit, you know, he would settle and they would come back and they would say, mom, I'd leave him alone. He needs a few more minutes. Mm -hmm. Or they'd say, you know, he's really, he's grieving about something. He could really use a chance to talk to you. Uh, we, we think you should go back in there and just sit with him for a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I always followed their advice and they were always 100% accurate. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing to ask your animals or take your animals to work <laughs> and let them help you, um, you know, it's really important. Yeah, I love it. I love those uh those places of employment that have allowed dogs and cats too, I imagine, but mostly dogs to come in to their place of employment because it changes the entire environment and it relaxes people. You can see them. I mean, even if just for a moment they walk by and they go, Oh, hi fluffy. And they pet them on top of the head. You know, it's, it's changes their, um, 
the way they feel. And that's really important, I think. It's critically important. Remember, if you do it right, when you do it right, you'll feel more relaxed. I mean, it can happen instantaneously, like you just noticed. You'll have more clarity about what's needed. Mm -hmm. As something downloads, and it's like, oh, an aha light bulb moment, it all it clicks. Um, you, uh, it, your team will feel the ease, the relief. Um, you know, they'll, um, they'll also resonate with more clarity too and more connection. So. Right. Absolutely. So um, we're going to take a short break here. So please come back to finish listening to uh, Dr. or to Val Hart, who's known as the real life Dr. Doolittle. And she'll give us some more tips on um, how our animals can help us with resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. So we'll be right back. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. Let Rhonda's Virtual Office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's Virtual Office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Welcome back. This is Michelle Nagel with Roar to Win. Our guest today is pet expert uh, Val Hart, who is known as the real life Dr. Doolittle. I keep wanting to call you Dr. Hart. <laughs> so she's the leading animal communication expert and animal communicator to the stars. And she's been giving us some really great insights into how our pets can help us with resilience, optimism, accountability, resourcefulness, our jobs, our relationships pretty much everything. Um, so what is, uh, what should we pay attention to with our animals in this particular point in history? Because there's so much upheaval going on in our lives. What, what should we look for in our animals? Well, you know, we were talking earlier about how animals act things out for us. Yes. The human animal body mind connection is how they reflect reflect things and mirror things for us. And you made a wonderful comment in, in part of your story with your dog about her being easily distracted by birds. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm thinking there's a mirror there. How easily <laughs> are we, right? Or mm -hmm. maybe you. Um, uh, it's like, um, you know, it's the squirrel, uh, you know, <laughs> chasing the squirrel. Uh, and so it's always, there's always these little, microcosmic sort of little lessons that they can show us if we're paying attention mm -hmm. uh, they can help us uh, it helps us reboot um, they always uh, can teach us things about um, disturbances in the field you know um, relationship dynamics um, direction clarity um, and guidance and, and how to be resilient you know how to feel resourceful I mean using your animals as a resource, you know, to help you be resilient mm -hmm. um, and optimistic and adaptable and accountable and all of those wonderful things. Mm -hmm. They do it. If we're paying attention, if we're awakened enough to know to ask them, to know to connect with them, to know to embrace them, you know, and share that love with them, it almost instantly resets us it's like a reboot 
Yeah. So you were talking about um, communicating with your animals and obviously we can talk to them all day long, but how do we hear what they're trying to say to us? <laughs> I love that. Uh, yes. Uh, smart people communicate and talk to their pets. Very, very clear. I saw some research on that too. It says more intelligent people talk to their pets. Uh, the even more intelligent ones are the ones that can hear their pets' voices back and mm -hmm. engage in a conversation with them. Um, so I'll give you a few tips. So uh, to send a message to an animal, three basic steps, and I teach a lot more about this in my free ebook, uh, which is Hidden Secrets to Communicating with Pets. It's on the learnhowtotalktoanimals.com website. Um, it's fabulous. Um, you'll learn so much in it. It's the three fundamental principles um, that will make a difference in everything you do, not just with animals. Um, but with people too, remember humans are also animals. Right. Right. So, um, but the other thing is to send a message to an animal, which is there are three basic steps. Animals see what's in your mind's eye. So whatever's on your mental monitor, they see it. They also feel whatever energy you're resonating with. And remember that energy and motion is an emotion. It's mm -hmm. a feeling, right? Right. Um, Usually we get in trouble because we cut off or suppress our feelings and we're not clear about what's really going on with us. You know, we have different emotions stuck in our gut and different emotions weighing on our heart, you know, and different things clamoring around here and there and the other. Uh, so part of our inner work is to be clear about mm -hmm. what we're actually feeling, right? What we're thinking, what we're seeing. So if you put those two together with telling the story, the message, delivering the message, then it becomes see it, feel it, and say it. Mm -hmm. right? This works brilliantly with human animals as well as animal animals, you know, four and two-legged and every other kind of creature. So right. you get clear. And one of the beauties of this exercise is it forces you to be clear and fully present with what you're communicating. Right. Feel it and say it. And when you align with that message with a human, huge difference. And when you do it, I mean, it, the, the, they, they're clearer in how they receive it. When you do it with an animal, they get the message. They understand what you're trying to say. Right. They get it, right? Mm -hmm. So the next piece of the puzzle is, how do you receive their messages back to you? Right. Yes, that's the, the bigger and the perhaps a little bit harder challenge for humans because we're usually so busy in our mind, um, you know, we don't meditate particularly uh, often or well, um, you know, we're full of our inner clutter, right, mm -hmm. our inner stuff, um, so it's harder for an animal to get a word in edgewise. Um, <laughs> My, uh, my partner says it's, he feels like it's, he's got a plate and it's got so much food or stuff on it that trying to add just one more piece to it and stuff falls off the plate, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? So learn, first step is really learning how to be clear, quiet the mind, right? To be fully present. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's a matter of focus. And by the way, we all have this gift. Uh, we are all intuitive. You're born with an intuitive ability. We all have a third eye, right? We right. all have energy centers. We all have that. And as a child and a baby, we were already communicating energetically. 
That's how information is exchanged. It's energetic. Right. Uh, you know, we call it telepathic, mind to mind, heart to heart. Um, we share information. Uh, something like 75 to 80% of all uh, information exchanged is energetic. Right. It's not just the voice or the written language or the body language or whatever we're doing physically. Um, it's the intent. It's the imagery we put behind it. It's the, how we feel about what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. um, a little tip for you. If you're sharing a story that, uh, let's say you're talking about taking your pet to the vet. <laughs> okay. Always their favorite thing to go. Um, or maybe giving them a bath. <laughs> oh, goodness, right? Be careful right. about that. They'll disappear the instant you think of the B-A-T-H word. Um, <laughs> you know, or, or, or you have another uh, thought about, you know, oh, here's maybe holidays or visitors or something, and you're going to have a visitor, you know, something like that. You're telling them the story. If you feel stressed about it, unhappy, anxious, nervous, worried, afraid, angry, whatever, if you're feeling um, a bit out of sorts about it, don't try to pretend you feel happy about it because they know the truth. Mm -hmm. That's true. They do. Uh, yeah, don't try to pull the wool over their eyes or whitewash poop because it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. uh, with, especially with animals. You can pull the wool over people's eyes because we're not often as clear and it's easier perhaps to fool us if we don't have our intuition working strongly and our inner bullshit meter turned on. <laughs> yes. Right? Animals don't have that. They're looking at us going, what the heck is wrong with this picture? You know, you're telling me about going to the vet and you're talking in a happy voice and whatever, but you're resonating with fear. And by the way, you stopped breathing about three minutes ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, this is not a happy story. Right. Right. Um, so let's talk about, let's tell the truth. Let's tell the truth. Um, if you're upset about something, be upset. Tell the truth. Right. right? Uh, tell how you really feel. Work it out. Speak it. Get resonant with it. Right? Yes, and, and they do. They can tell exactly what's going on with you. I have um, my, again, my dog. She, um, she always loved this particular family member, but then this family member betrayed me. And the next time she saw that family member, she nearly took his leg off because it was, um, the, the pain was so incredibly deep and, and she's not aggressive at all ever. So, and I've never, ever seen her ever, you know, stand in that, that warrior stance with all four legs firmly planted and barking at somebody. And, and I thought, wow, obviously she knows that there's more going on than, than we're all pretending. So it was very interesting. You very much know that. I remember a client I was called to work with. It was a couple been together for many, many years, and they rescued greyhounds. Mm -hmm. And their last greyhound had passed away, and so they went and they got another greyhound. And they brought Pasha home, and it uh, wasn't very long. And they were great dog people. Uh, they, they knew how to handle dogs. They loved dogs Be, it just to the nth degree, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and Gordon was a triathlete. And he would, he, one reason he loved greyhounds is that he, they would go for a run and the dog could keep up with him. Right. 
Uh, right? It's so great, great combination. Um, well, Pasha decided she didn't like Gordon. She hated Gordon. She started being aggressive with Gordon. And one night he goes in to go to bed and she wouldn't let him in the bedroom. Oh, wow. It was, it was ugly. Mm -hmm. um, he barely escaped being, you know, not bitten and, you know, bloodied. Um, and that's when they decided they needed some help and they called me. Well, I go in and I'm talking to the dog and the dog says, Oh, my purse, my human, the woman hates her husband. She doesn't want him in the bedroom. She wants him to leave. She is very angry with him and I'm helping her. Wow. I'm, I'm acting out everything she can't say or hasn't been willing to face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, oh my God. So I told my clients, the couple, I said, here's what's really going on. Before you put the dog down for being aggressive, before you, you know, return it to the shelter or, you know, and hope it finds another home, you need to do some housekeeping in your own relationship. But when I told them what the dog said, they looked at each other like, oh, shit. <laughs> Okay, and that opened a whole new conversation, you know, and so now we can deal with this. Now we can start healing. Now we can communicate. Now we can begin to relate. And when I told Pasha, I said, thank you so much. You've done your job. Mm -hmm. You know, and the truth is, is that she loves her husband and they need to talk about this stuff. And you did it. You brought them together. Now it's their job to sort out their pain, mm -hmm. their job to negotiate what they need to do and what they want to do. Um, and here's what you need to know. Gordon's fabulous. You're going to love him. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Let her deal with her stuff. You've done your job and go ahead and take care of Gordon for a while now. And sure enough, that next week she and Gordon were out running you know, they, they recovered, they went on to live a long, happy life together. So mm -hmm. you never know. You, you have to talk to them because they know things we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. They, they really do. So can anybody learn to communicate with pets or do they have, do you have to be psychic? <laughs> yes, anyone can. Everyone can. We're born with the ability. Um, if you love animals, then absolutely yes, you totally can. You're already communicating them with them in ways you may not be aware of yet. Um, you're you're hearing things from them occasionally. They'll get through your clutter, right? Um, mm -hmm. They have ways of making themselves understood. Although I will tell you that animals often tell me how dense humans are and they worry about us because we're not open enough to communicate at this level they think there's something wrong with us mm -hmm. and really i think they're right <laughs> i think they're right so uh, but all that you need to do is love animals and then you need the step-by-step -step guidance a little bit of expert coaching uh, to help you know how to do it so that your conscious mind gets with the program and understands what the steps are Mm -hmm. um, and it, it'll totally open a, a whole new world for you. This is a spiritual journey. It will help you with every area of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So um, obviously you are a highly sensitive, intuitive empath, and you're also a CEO of your very successful company. You work with private clients and you teach students how to do what you do. So 
do you have any specific tips for our listeners that they might be able to go home with Fido or Fluffy or whoever they have at their house to be able to begin uh, having better communication with them today? Well, you can do the, the tips I've already shared right now. Right? Uh -huh. In fact, the first thing I think to notice is that after listening to us, how do you feel? Does this resonate with you? If mm -hmm. it does, you are awakening. So know that your animals are incredibly intelligent. They mm -hmm. are feeling, they are kind, they are compassionate, they do things that make sense to them from their viewpoint. They have long memories and they know things that you don't know yet, mm -hmm. right? So just acknowledging that, just considering it even, will help begin to change your relationship with not only them, but also within yourself. Um, because <laughs> when we open to the guidance that's all around us, then everything we need is right there. and We're not closed off or blocked off anymore. Yes, I apologize for laughing. I was not laughing at you. I just had this thought that came in. It's like, I don't know how many times I have said to my dog, I see you are such a dumb dog. And you know, I'm, I'm, and I say that to her, it's like, you're so dumb. Why are you so dumb? And I can I just had the thought of, oh my goodness, I wonder what my dog is saying about me. <laughs> oh, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's funny. They, they play roles with us, you know, and it's, it's um, you know, you're saying that I remember working with an autistic dog many years ago. It's a little Jack Russell Terrier, um, it, it, you know, pure blood, blah, blah, blah. And this dog was dumber than a rock. I mean, literally, the poor thing would run into the corner or run into the walls. Um, and just do it over and over and over again. The, the glass, sliding glass patio door could not figure out that it couldn't go through the door. And they even put stickers on it and made sure it wasn't clean. Um, but the dog, it's like it couldn't learn. It, it just, it's, it, it, it was like autistic, could not learn. Mm -hmm. uh, and I go in and I talk to it and the poor thing, I had, I had to find its communicate, you find its consciousness and it started telling me the most heartbreaking story about, you know, you've heard the stories about how I was dropped on my head when I was a child. Mm -hmm. Well, that happened to this puppy. It was dropped on its head. It said nothing ever made sense to me anymore after that. I couldn't, I can't figure things out. It's like I can't figure out how to get out of a paper bag. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know what to do. And through the art of the conversation, I was able, and, and healing, was able to bring it back into itself Mm -hmm. um, turn back on those brain centers that have been damaged and reconnect it. And after that, this little puppy dog started learning. It started, they started being able to teach it tricks. Um, it stopped running into the walls and never ran into the glass patio door again. You know, so, you know, we think about that. How many humans do you know that you'd like to say you were dumber than a rock too? Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> You know, so we we have all layers. That's a big continuum of intelligence. But I will tell you that every animal that I've talked to has an incredible wisdom. Um, if they're struggling, that's for a reason. Just like us, if we're struggling, there's a reason why. Mm -hmm. you know, we need a conversation. We need connection. We need to talk about it. Um, we need a way to heal. You know.
So. Well, thank you for sharing that story. Um, so, so do you have, would you share, I guess I should say, would you share, I love that story, but your favorite story of an animal that you have had an experience with? Hmm. There are so many. So which ones to choose? I think, I think maybe um, one of the ones I will share with you. Um, when I was first playing with this gift and I was learning about dressage, I don't know if you know what dressage is. With horses, yeah. Horses, very popular. Um, mm -hmm. The horses that dance, the white on stallions is the, um, you know, you may be familiar with the dancing horses. Um, but uh, so I, I was, I went to a pre-Olympic trial dressage competition and horses had come in and the riders from all over the country, not just Texas, but all over. Um, and they were competing. And um, I was introduced to a rider with a world Grand Prix horse, um, a million dollar horse, a just extraordinary horse. Um, and as soon as he heard that I could communicate with animals, he grabbed me by the arm and he drug me across the arena and he says, you have to talk to my horse. Um, oh, okay, okay. So I get to the stall and there's this beautiful horse. And, uh, and the guy says, this horse is brilliant when we practice. He is extraordinary. He knows exactly what we're doing. He does the movements beautifully. Um, he seems to love his work. You know, it's a, an amazing horse. But when we get in the show ring, he messes everything up. He ignores cues. He misses this. He missteps. He, you know, it's like, what the heck is going on with him in the show ring? And I turned to the horse and I said, Oxy? what's going on? Uh, why are you doing that? And he says, he said, I love my work. I'm very good at it. I love performing. I love the applause. I like the admiration, you know, that I receive from doing my thing. Um, but I'm so angry with my person. The only place I can get back at him where it hurts is in the show ring. Uh, because I know that if I try to act out, you know, or, or whatever, when we're in practice, it's just going to go worse for me. Um, but I'm really angry with him. And I'm angry for this reason and this one and this one. These three reasons. And what I really want is for him to acknowledge these things that I'm upset about. And I want an apology. Hmm. And it was just it was one of those, wow, okay. And so I told the guy, right, I told him, and um, he's listening to me with his mouth hanging open going, my horse is mad at me and he wants an apology? <laughs> and, what? Um, and he's going, okay, fine, fine, whatever, I'm sorry. And the horse turned his butt to us, switched <laughs> <laughs> swished his tail like ah, nope that is not good enough um and the guy got it he didn't need me to translate that um, 
<laughs> it, it upset him. He was a t highly tempered, a temperamental kind of a guy. And he left. He just stormed out of the stall. And I'm sitting there, you're standing there with this horse going, huh, that was interesting. <laughs> what do I do now? Mm -hmm. um, the horse turns around and he comes over to me and he puts his head, you know, close to me and he's got his head low, you know, he's mm -hmm. calm and content. And I said, Oxy, what do you think we should do? And he said, eh, give him a minute. He'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> and so we hung out and we told stories and we got to know each other a little bit. And sure enough, about 15 minutes later, uh, the guy comes back and his attitude is like done a 180 degree attitude adjustment. And he walks into the stall and he said, okay, I've been thinking about it. He, the horse is accurate on all three counts, I admit it. I've done those things, I'm so sorry. And he said, I, I, I'm truly sorry, I won't do them again. I get it. And the horse reaches out and he puts his nose on the man's chest and he nudges him. You know, and they have this moment that he, you know, the man hugged, his, hugged him. Um, and they had this connection moment. It was beautiful, brought tears to my eyes. And the next thing I heard after they competed, I didn't stay for the whole thing, but they went out and they won their competition. That was the last time they had that problem. So, you know, when you think about it, animals are so much smarter than you think. Mm -hmm. If they're trying to tell you something, pay attention, you know? Mm -hmm. Pay attention, engage with them, open that channel. Um, learn how to communicate with them. You know, start with the free ebook, Hidden Secrets to Communicating with Pets. Um, it's a wonderful way to get started. It'll teach you so many important things. It's a fun read, great stories in there too. It's free. Did I mention free? Um, <laughs> at, at learnhowtotalktoanimals.com. I mean, you know, it, it, everything changes. You know, everything changes. So does this only work with um, our, our furry friends or does it also work with reptiles? Because I know some people, they, you know, like lizards and things like that. Does it work with them as well? Works with every being, every sentient creature, and that includes insects, reptiles, fish, mammals, um, animals, um, trees, plants. Mm -hmm. all, we live in a living world, a living conscious world. So when you get this, when you really get it, there is help all around us. Um, I mm -hmm. remember um, a story about uh, a student that was learning um, how to program. He was learning how to program games. He was doing mm -hmm. gaming. Um, and he was working on his computer and this fly had gotten in the room somehow and the fly is flying buzz You know how annoying they can be landing on the screen landing on his fingers landing on the keys landing on the screen You know buzz on his nose um, And the guy was like get away get away stop it stop it, you know Finally he stopped and he went are you trying to tell me something? Do you have something to communicate? Because he was getting really frustrated. The code he was writing wasn't working. And mm -hmm. he didn't, in the buzzing of the fly, was making his irritation and frustration worse. He finally stopped, threw his hands up and stopped and said, what do you need to tell me? What, you know, is there something you need to tell me? And the fly told him, the code is wrong. You've got this in here three times. You only need it twice. And that's what's making it loop badly. And he went, whoa, <laughs> oh my God. And he looked and he said, damn, 
It's exactly right. And he, he, delim he deliminated, he deleted the code, the extraneous code, and the program worked. Yeah. Um, and from that point on, he and the fly were best of buds. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. I, 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 have, um, I have an aversion to spiders. I'm not fond of them. But there was, um, there was a jumping spider that came into my office, and um, I thought, as it walked across my desk, I'm like, oh, a spider, and I thought, why don't I just leave it alone and see what happens? And um, I named him Harry, and, and Harry would come up, and he would sit on the edge of my computer, and he would wave his first two hands at me, and then I would acknowledge him, and he would then go away. So I never had any really important communications with Harry. It was just, um, it was a, a test on my part to accept another living being just for who they were. And I also um, have had trees speak to me. So there's, there's so much good in what you teach people that becoming more aware that we are in an earth that has the capacity to communicate with us if we will just listen. We are the, the top of the food chain, but that does not make us the top of the brain chain. And so it's, uh, or it's not really brain, it's more intuition and um, the more spiritual side of things. So what should our audience do next? Ah, great question. Well, for one thing, notice that you are now awakening to the truth of the world that we live in. So mm -hmm. I want to honor you for that. And thank you so much for staying with us through this and for your love and care of animals. I am so grateful uh, for people who love and care about animals. They are so important. And when they are trying to communicate with you, stop and pay attention and see what you can do with that. You know, see who they really are. What are they trying to share with you? What can you do? or share with them that they need to know, right? So mm -hmm. be open to that communication, that conversation, that connection. Yes. Do, everything starts changing. Right, absolutely. So um, how can people reach you and what can they reach you for? Oh, love that. That's a fun question. Um, so if you're having trouble with your pet, you want some help, Eyes, my eyes on, my expertise, and I've done this for a very, since 93, so I've been around the block a few times. Uh, my expertise is in sorting out communication problems, problem solving with the heart system, five-step program to solve problems with that. Um, performance, behavior, healing, health, uh, you name it. Um, so if you need that, go to valheart.com. If you want to learn how to communicate yourself, which I highly recommend, even if you want to be a client and let's work one-on-one, -on -one, uh, uh, and I encourage all of my clients to learn how to communicate better, uh, but if you just really want to dive into this and learn and grow your own ability to communicate and open your intuition and enhance your, yourself to be the best version of yourself, then go to learnhowtotalktoanimals.com. Again, start with your free ebook. You will love it. It's a fabulous book, Hidden Secrets to Communicating with Pets. Um, and from there, uh, the beginning course teaches you how to receive messages, how to engage in conversation. The Animal Talk Coaching Club gives you a place to practice. Uh, with ongoing training and community so you're not isolated or alone, uh, opportunities to talk to 
pits all over the world um, and improve your accuracy and your confidence. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there's that. And then there's the advanced course and other specialty courses that teach you how, how to solve behavior problems or training problems, how to help your pet feel better, how to ease transitions, mm -hmm. how to reconnect on the other side uh, when they've crossed over. Um, mm -hmm. so, so that's the heart school of animal communication at learnhowtotalktoanimals.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Val. And we've been listening to Val Hart, who's the real Dr. Doolittle, and she's a leading animal communication expert and animal communicator to the stars. And uh, I thank you so much for spending time with us today and, and opening our eyes as to what's possible with a better communication with our animals and how that can help us build our resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. So thank you, Val. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for loving and caring about animals. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for joining us today as we learned happiness hacks, relationship tools, how to refuel our resilience batteries and perfect our roar. Resilience, optimism, accountability, and resourcefulness. Roar to win. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN podcast hosts at EWNpodcastnetwork.com. This is the EWN Podcast Network.